Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to CFB Unfiltered. My name is Blaine Gilmer. I'm here with Josh Taylor and Donovan White, and we are here bringing you another loaded week of college football action. It is week six in college football, and Josh, we're going to be separating the contenders from the pretenders. Who's real this week is the name of this show. Absolutely. The biggest showdown of the week, Penn State and Iowa. Can't wait to break that down. Donovan, you've got to be drilling down there as the Big Ten fan that you are. Listen, I mean, it's the best football in the country, right? We get to see the best matchup so far oh, this Lord. year with many more to come from the Big Ten. I'm excited. I'm as excited as everybody. Yeah, I'll, give you, I'll give you that Tyler Linderbaum is the best offensive lineman or center in the country, definitely. But uh, Big Ten having that best football moniker, I don't know about that, man. We'll, we'll see. Now, they do have the most in the in the top ten right now. they got four teams in the AP top ten, uh, only two ACC teams in there, uh, which – what? but let's be honest, they're number That's one true. and two, Alabama and Georgia right now. Uh, want to give a shout-out right now. I know it's not – it's not uh, you know, college football, but my, my Atlanta Braves in the playoffs on on today's game, on today's show, it's Friday. Braves take it on the Brewers. So as you're watching this or listening to it, you're going to see the, the Bravos in there. That can bring everybody together. Braves are America's team, wow. man. It's like baseball is as irrelevant as Notre Dame in the playoffs. <laughs> 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 maybe so, maybe so. But, um, you know, we've got a lot of stuff that we're going to hit early on here. Just so you know, we're going to change up the format of the show here a little bit. We're going to do previews of Penn State going to Iowa uh, for a top four matchup. The number three ranked Nittany Lions going to Iowa. We'll also have a preview of the Red River Showdown between Oklahoma and Texas at the State Fair in Dallas over there. So that that'll be it's always an intriguing matchup, and then a bounce back game between Arkansas and Old Miss. And these are two teams that you can uh, bet on seeing some fireworks, guys. And and uh, just Josh, right off the bat, we wanted to tell everybody we're going to get into our big three. In between those, our big three guys is something that we do where usually at the end of shows, but now we're going to kind of mix it in in between the shows where we do three headlines, three best bets, and three individual matchups throughout the week. Not team matchups, but in the the Jimmys and the Joes inside of the matchups, if you will, Donovan. So uh, first headline of the week, Josh, go ahead and tell them what they're getting in their big three first headline of the week. 
Yep, this one you can tell I wrote it. I put Jimbo regrets the whiteboard material on beating Alabama. Nick Saban fired back with, uh, what's he going to beat us in, golf? Uh, I thought that was a little slide, Nick. We don't see too often. I say Crimson Tide rolls Texas A&M, sending Jimbo to 0-3 in the SEC play after getting that huge deal before the season even started, by the way. Yeah, so these are headlines that we're saying what you're going to see after the weekend. These are headlines that could be after this weekend. So I uh, definitely think that Jimbo is going to be uh, fed even more humble pie there as they've already been struggling there. Donovan, that Texas A&M offensive line just really not being able to protect Zach Calzada or help Isaiah Spiller out much there at all. Yeah, I mean, again, I believe they lost four starters after last season, and then their fifth starter kind of switched positions, right? So you got a lot of – you know, just just turmoil right up front, and it's it's showing in their team right now. No doubt, and and uh, we also have our in the second category of our big three. Like I said, best bets. And Josh, what's the first bet that you want to lay on people on here? The first one is actually my favorite for the weekend. The team that we roasted before the season started, we have to admit it. But Michigan State, five-and-a-half-point favorites at Rutgers. I said Michigan State offense with Thornett quarterback, Kenneth Walker III, who's probably my favorite running back outside of Alabama, of course, in college football this season, getting Heisman talk, and then uh, Reed at wide receiver and also on special teams. They can put up a lot of points. We've never seen this from Michigan State. Averaging 37-and-a-half points per game. Rutgers got whooped up last week by Ohio State. They're going to be limping into this one more than likely. I say Michigan State. Five and a half points, you got to pound that one all day long. Yeah, so there's our lock of the week, and it's a, that's a bet online spread, guys. And speaking of bet online, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, bet online, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season with new and updated website and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus from football, basketball, uh, boxing, baseball playoffs, like I'm wearing my Braves gear here, the Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers from available for the 2021 season. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So, uh, thank you to Bet Online as always for sponsoring CFB Unfiltered. And speaking of some thank yous, guys, we always want to thank the 365 Sports YouTube channel, which we are streaming on here. Uh, make sure to do us a favor, guys, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications because it's not just our content. There is great content. Guys like uh, J.D. Piquel with the hard count, the guys that the 365, uh, Sikkim 365, that, that put out a live show every day. I think it's from uh, 3 to 6 p.m. Central time over there. So, you know, you want to you want to check all that or Eastern time, excuse me, two to two to five central. You want to check all that out over there. Uh, Three sixty five sports YouTube channel. And then also find us CFB unfiltered on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. But the last part of our first set of big three, the big three, Josh, is we have a matchup. And one that's kind of intriguing here is Hendon Hooker and the Tennessee offense versus South Carolina's defense that only allows 17.4 uh, points per game. I'm intrigued by it because 
Tennessee, you know, 458 rushing yards last week against Missouri. They really ran it out. Now, Missouri's defense is terrible. I mean, it's it's god-awful. But anytime you take advantage of that and rack up, you know, when you're uh, getting close to that 500 yards of rushing in one game, you know, that's that's a – that's a that's a good feat. Hendon Hooker has been efficient. I think he was uh I think I think he ended up being nine, 15 and 19, 225 yards, a couple of touchdowns in that game. So I'm intrigued to see that one as well. But speaking of being intrigued, guys, the biggest thing that I think everybody's intrigued about all week, and we talked about it, our first preview here, Penn State and Iowa. It's gonna mm-hmm. have some playoff implications. So let's go ahead and talk about the playoffs with our first preview here. Uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs that's right josh uh you know whoever wins this game is going to control their destiny destiny in their march to the playoffs you know but i know they're in uh different sides of the of the of the standings over here but still a huge matchup nevertheless yeah, we talked about the schedule that Penn State has coming up. This is the first one. You go to Iowa. Love the atmosphere, the waves up to the hospital behind the stadium, one of my favorite traditions in college football. To me, this is going to be what we wish that Arkansas and Georgia was going to be, just that defensive battle, two great hard knock Big Ten defenses going at it. Arkansas forgot to show up against Georgia last week, so I think this is going to be more of an evenly matched game that is down to the wire, and you probably want to take the under on this game, speaking of defense and points. Yeah, Big Ten expert Donovan White, take it away on Penn State and Iowa. Yeah, listen, I think we're we're going to find out two things. We're either going to learn a lot about the winner and loser of this team, right, depending on who wins or loses, or we're going to learn nothing, right? If it's a close game, right, we're going to realize, oh, okay, Iowa's defense is still really good and their offense is bad, right? Oh, Penn State's offense is solid and their defense is solid, right? We're either going to learn a lot about the winner or loser or we're going to learn nothing, right, win or lose. So what I'm curious to see is which team kind of elevates their game, right? Is Iowa's offense going to finally step up, right? Is Penn State's defense or the Penn State's offense going to show that they compete with Ohio State's offense, right? Or Penn State or Iowa's defense in this case. I'm interested to see which team comes out on top because, again, massive implications for either one of them. Yeah, and they're going to need this uh, because you look from a strength of schedule standpoint, neither team is going to blow the committee away by their strength of schedule stuff. Yes, I know Ohio State is in the Big Ten. I know Michigan's in the Big Ten, but there's some teams, you know, that are that are really struggling inside the Big Ten and drag that uh, strength of schedule down. You know, you look at uh, Iowa, their strength of schedule number 62 out of 130 in FBS, Penn State 72 out of 130 in FBS. So this is a marquee matchup, something that the committee will look at going forward, especially depends on what happens over there in the Big Ten East, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a you know a crapshoot on who's gonna there's gonna be good teams that could potentially all pick each other off over there between uh Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. So uh a, a an intriguing matchup. I'm looking Josh at this uh Iowa passing offense only 59.9 percent completion on the year so my question to you is can penn state load the box and force them to throw the football and will they be successful in doing so oh yeah and it starts with my guy brandon smith linebacker from my high school literally right down the road got offers from georgia alabama i mean we thought he was going all over the place he was going to go play sec ball 
And then boom, he commits to Penn State, which is might be considered one of the best linebacker colleges. You know, the linebacker U is how they like to call it. So I think they will. Um, you know, we talked about Petrus getting his game going, and he's been getting better each week. But you haven't played a team like Penn State yet with that kind of defense. So this is to me the biggest stage he's going to be on all season long. Luckily, he's playing at home, so he doesn't have that, you know, the whiteout or a night game at Penn State to worry about. He's in his home field advantage soaking it all in and he just has to control the offense and watch out for Brandon Smith and you can't throw the ball and turn over this game or you're 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 going to be losing the game the defense whoever steps up this game to me wins it short fields we, like we talked about with uh Arkansas and Georgia whoever wins that turnover battle this is the same thing for me best defense wins this game and Donovan both these teams pretty uh pretty qualified when it comes to forcing turnovers here Penn State a three to one uh, yep. turnover ratio nine turnovers forced three lost on the year Iowa 16 turnovers forced and four mm. turnovers lost on the year so two opportunistic defenses in this one Donovan yeah and here's the thing with Iowa right I highly doubt that Penn State is going to throw six interceptions like Maryland did the week before I was listening to the replay of that and hearing the announcers say oh man that's terrible I <laughs> <laughs> oh no not again right it was Penn State's not going to do that, right? They're too good of a team. They're too well-coached for the team to do that. The thing I'm interested to see with Iowa, like you mentioned, uh, Josh, is that, you know, their their passing game isn't that, you know, outstanding, right? And so their offensive line, again, led by Tyler Linderbone, the best offensive lineman in the country, their offensive line has to step up in terms of the run game and in terms of protection, right, to try and elevate that passing game. And, you know, my former offensive line coach in college, George Barnett, is there, and he's a brilliant offensive line mind. He's going to have those boys ready to play. This going to have the great scheme for Penn State, right? You can pick it, you know, pick certain pieces and aspects of what you saw, uh, you know, when Auburn played them, right? Not so much Indiana with zero points being scored, but you can he he knows how to pick pieces and parts of other games to develop the perfect game plan for this to get that line to step up for their team. For yeah. me, one thing that that gets me excited. One of my favorite wide receivers, Jahan Dotson versus Matt Hankins and Raleigh Moss. That is as good as it gets. Dotson is a first-round wide receiver, in my opinion. I think he's a top two, top three wide receiver in the draft coming up. Then you have Raleigh Moss and, like I said, uh, Matt Hankins with all these interceptions. They've been shutting teams down. and For causing... seven, eight years. They've been there for yeah. nine <laughs> years in Iowa. Uh, Hankins and Raleigh Moss have. Yeah. They've been there forever. So. So to me, that's like the matchup. I cannot wait to watch this game because they're both as good as could be at both of their spots. And Han Dotson has been making outstanding catches all season long. I want to see if he can do that against this level of a defense. And I think uh, Penn State's going to have to do a lot of work underneath when it comes to their passing game because Iowa State plays a lot of quarters coverage. They're going to drop out of there, and they're not going to let anything get over the top, and then they're going to break on the ball, right? They're, they've got a good good, uh, good, good break, good agility to, to when the ball comes out of the quarterback's hand. So Sean Clifford is going to have to be wary of, you know, some some zone droppers uh, giving some different looks. Like, are they going to bring heat early and then drop somebody out there late? So, you know, that'll be an interesting – thing for me but one of the keys to this game for me as well is which Penn State rushing attack shows up right because it's been kind of Jekyll and Hyde there you know Penn State Donovan known typically for being a physical run it down your throat type team uh, has had tremendous running back play over there over the years you know Saquon Barkley came out of Penn State Miles Sanders came out of Penn State they really just ran the football at will with that now Sean Clifford's been doing uh, you know a lot of the the heavy lifting with his legs Noah Kane they, they've really failed to get him just a hundred percent rolling this year but I wanted to point out, got it right here, Wisconsin 
They only had 50 yards rushing against Wisconsin. That doesn't look any better than it did. It, it, then we thought Wisconsin had a really good defensive team. Now we know that not to be the case. Against Auburn, only 83 yards rushing, so less than 100 yards. Against Villanova, only 80 yards rushing. But against Indiana and against Ball State, they had over 200 yards rushing. So which one of those shows up? This Iowa team, I don't think it's going to be allowed in a lot of rushing yards. Yeah, no, Iowa's, Iowa's defensive front seven, they're just they're, – they're big, they're tough. They're built to stop the run, right, which is one of the reasons why they're succeeding so well in the Big Ten is because you don't have some of that elite speed, right, that you in the SEC, which is why I think they would struggle a little bit against some SEC offense, I'll admit that, right? But Penn State, you know, Sean Clifford is not the guy that's going to go out there and rip for 400 yards passing. He's just not – and when you put too much of it on his legs, we've seen in the past, he's gotten hurt a few times where you just see it – it just it's not feasible for him to be that kind of main ball carrier, even you know 50-50 split. Yeah, so you've got the second ranked scoring defense in the country in Iowa, eleven point six points per game against the third ranked scoring defense in the country for with Penn State, twelve points a game. They're both behind Georgia with uh, four point six points a game. Just wanted to throw that out there. But anyways, let's talk about uh, Iowa and Penn State. It's time to give our picks. We've thrown out all the rationale. Uh, so tell us, what do you think the score will be, Josh? We'll go with you first, then Donovan, and also why. Well, I agree with what you said when you talked about the defenses. Uh, Clifford's going to think something's there. He's going to think Dotson's open, and that's when Iowa just runs. They play like outfielders in baseball. They just run behind them. Like you said, they don't let too much go on behind them, and if something does, they're quick to get there. That's how they get so many interceptions. We've seen Clifford evolve so much over the past few years. It feels like he's been there forever, too. But I think this is a game that's just too much. At Iowa, you've got to imagine that home field advantage. Even though it's not a night game, <laughs> some reason college game day is not going there for whatever reason. Um, but still just a, a crazy atmosphere to be in. I, I have so much faith in that defense. I say Iowa. I think it's going to be really low scoring, but I think it's going to be like a 22-17 game with Iowa. Oh, so you got them covering on the bet online spread is one and a half in favor of Iowa. Uh, Donovan, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, I've played in this stadium before, right? And it was against us, right? This wasn't the number three versus number four matchup. That place is electric, right? I'm going to trust Iowa's defense, right? And I'm going to go 21-17. Josh, we were thinking about the same there. I'm going to bring it full circle here because, one, I think Auburn is a fraud, uh, and I think that Penn State is getting too much credit for beating a mediocre Auburn team at home. Uh, I like the maturity of this uh, Kurt Ferentz Iowa team, like you said, Hankins Moss back there in the secondary. They've been there for ten years. I mean, it's a it's it's a very seasoned group, um, and I like them to be physical and be able to to run the football more than I do. So Penn State, I'm gonna take. I, I think it's low scoring as well, but I'm gonna take uh, Iowa's defense to hold true to form. I'm gonna hold Penn State to 13 points. I'm gonna say. Uh, Iowa wins this one 24-13. I can see it. So that is our preview of Penn State traveling to Iowa. And now for our second set of our big three here on the big three, of course, remember we give you a future headline of what will be after this weekend, a best bet and a matchup. Our first one, our first set included Jimbo Fisher uh, having some regret for his bulletin board material uh, 
provided to Alabama. Our first lock bet was Michigan State minus the five and a half at, uh, versus Rutgers. Take that. And then the matchup that we highlighted was Hendon Hooker and Tennessee versus South Carolina's defense. Now, for the second set, Josh, what is our headline that will come to be after this weekend's over with? I think the trend with LSU continues that one-sided offense is handicapped against a dominant Kentucky defense. The Tigers fall to three and three overall. Derek Stanley's out for they don't know how long. It might be the rest of the season. You don't have that leader on the field. You're missing that presence. So I think that's a huge one. So I don't know. I think Kentucky wins this one pretty bad because they're not going to let LSU pass the ball. And LSU is going to try to run and they're not going to have any luck at all. And uh, by the way, Coach O is not having the best week. No, he's not having the best week. Major Burns is out a safety for them as well. That's already a defense that struggles with tackling and things like that. And Major Burns has been a kind of a bright spot for that defense there as safety that had transferred from from Georgia. You know how I many he couldn't get on that field for the for the Georgia defenses. So he went over there to Baton Rouge. But uh, anyways, you know, just be careful. Uh, anybody at L- at LSU, if you say something that Ed O doesn't agree with, he may find a fishing hole to go throw you in after the game. Live on the air. Over with. So we will uh, now get to our best bet, the second best bet we have of the week. Donovan, you want to cover that second best bet that is there? The second best bet is Oregon State minus three and a half for Washington State. So Oregon State already beat Washington and USC, and their run game is lethal, right? I think it's a good pick, and it's again, it's kind of funny. We're seeing like Oregon State, the bottom barrel of the Pac-12, or Rutgers, the bottom barrel of the Big Ten, Arkansas, the bottom barrel of the SEC, kind of flipping the script a little bit on everybody. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. the 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 Beavers are kind of uh, resurrecting that program there a little bit this year. They had some a couple big wins. Doesn't hurt that Washington State is absolutely Down terrible. Bad. So, uh, so take Oregon State minus three versus Washington State. Now the last mat, the second matchup in our second set of big three here, Bo Nix versus Georgia's defense, and we literally mean Bo Nix versus Georgia's defense because Auburn's offensive line has been porous. I mean, it has been let. It's been people have been running through it like a sieve. Bo Nix, Bo Nix was running for his life against LSU, and the thing about LSU is it's a it's. You know, they yes, they lead the SEC in sacks, but the majority of those came against, you know, the sisters of the poor, uh, you know, FCS teams that, that we don't even know the names of, that kind of stuff. But when you talk some directional schools, but when you talk about uh, LSU, the, the level of tackling quality, not there. Georgia's going to finish. They're going to get home. They're not going to allow. Jordan Davis runs as fast as Bo Nix does. I can tell everybody that oh, right yeah. now. He's 340 plus pounds so uh it'll be interesting to see that matchup for me so that is our second set on our big three we've covered a a future headline a bet and a matchup and now for our second preview we've got oklahoma versus texas in the red river showdown presented by at&t of course over there and in dallas with college game game day being on hand and all that kind of stuff so we've got the uh, like i said the red river showdown there in dallas the texas state fair and you know josh it's going to be interesting to see if oklahoma continues their trend of just barely getting by in these games and and texas with a uh, uh, john robinson is on a absolutely upward trajectory there for steve sarkeesian yeah i think this is complete opposites on offense texas has that run game going and oklahoma is still trying to find out where it's at 
And then same thing on the defense. Oklahoma's run defense has not been good this season. So I think this is a game where Robinson can kind of put a little feather in his cap if they win. If he runs all over this defense, they see him going slowly up the Heisman rankings. I think this can be a big statement game for him, especially, like you said, number six versus number 21. Such an iconic rivalry and college game days there. So everything's built up for him or Spencer Rattler to kind of take over and make their mark known for that Heisman race coming up. Donovan, what's your take on this rivalry game? Honestly, this should be a game that Oklahoma wins, right? I mean, and, and from what we talked about in the preseason, right, from the talent they have, listen, Texas has a big concern, and it's that they have the number 90-ranked passing offense in the country, right? So if they get behind, right, I understand their run game's great, but if they get behind, it's tough for them, right? Oklahoma, on the other hand, with the, you know, uh, the, the crown prince, you know, preseason Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick, right, should be shredding a Texas defense that's ranked about 82nd in the country, right? So the formula from what we know about Oklahoma should be there for them to win. But we all have that feeling of like, this is probably going to be the one. Like this is going to be the one that Texas knocks off Oklahoma, right? The run game's too good, right? Oklahoma's got too many questions. Their own fans are chanting for Spencer Rattler to be benched. I don't see another way for Oklahoma to, you know, kind of be what they should, right? I don't see them being what they should, what we thought they would be in this game. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you guys. I think that Oklahoma would be better off mentally in this game if they had already lost one of those close games. I'll be honest with you. Not because you ever want to lose a game, but because now it almost feels like those players are playing with nerves of, Hey, we've we've almost lost every week here, you know, and, and that that kind of self doubt starts to creep in. Where as Texas has already went to Arkansas, they got their butt kicked, and they've been able to say, "Okay, let's put that behind us. Let's build. Let's build forward." And they've gotten some momentum behind them here with Sark, and and Sark kind of has that similar attitude to Elaine Kiffin, right? He, he he's got you know no cares given. He's gonna he's gonna have fun coaching. He's gonna have a good time with his his program there and they're going to they're going to try to put up a lot of points. Well, here's the thing that that it that comes here is that you've got a Texas, you know, run-oriented offense with with Robinson versus a very people don't talk about it enough. The only reason Oklahoma's winning these games is because their defense is so vastly improved from what it has been. Guys, their rushing defense is the truth. I'm telling you, they've not given up more than 100 rushing yards in a game all season. They gave up exactly 100 to Tulane, exactly 100 to Kansas State, only 55 to Western Carolina, 68 to West Virginia, 95 to Nebraska. And Scott Frost in Nebraska, they want to run the football. They'll make a priority. So holding them under 100 yards is a, is a uh, good feat. So uh, I'll I'll just kind of lead it off here of of what I think is gonna gonna happen in this game. Uh, I like I like Texas to be able to move the ball on Oklahoma early on, um, but I think that that the the difference in this game is going to be Alex Grinch and and that defensive uh, side of the ball for Oklahoma able to make adjustments uh, in the second half. Think I do think you may see Caleb Williams at some point in this game for Oklahoma. I mean, I, I think it could they could frustrate Spencer Rattler that much, but I'm going to take Oklahoma to to win a close one there in the Red River Showdown. I'm going to say I'm going to take Oklahoma 28, Texas 20, 24 in this one. To me, I I look at it this way. I've seen too much of Oklahoma passing game struggle. And then just three and out, three and out, not getting drives going. 
Texas, you have that run game going with Robinson. It allows you to control the game, control the clock, milk it down, make these long drives that just frustrate Oklahoma. You score, they get the ball back. Rattler's like, all right, I got to do something special. Everybody's watching. Boom, three and out. Texas gets the ball right back, and it's another five-minute drive. So I like Texas in this one. I think kind of what you said. I think Texas's defense can adjust. They're going to see what Rattler does, know that Oklahoma cannot run the ball as well as they can, not even close, honestly. So if Oklahoma can stop Robinson, which I don't think they really can, stopping Deuce Vaughn was impressive, but I think uh, Bijan Robinson is a different beast. I think Texas wins this one 35-28. Okay, so I've got Oklahoma 28-24. Josh has Texas 35-28. Donovan, you're the tiebreaker. Who who do you got in this one? You know, Blaine, you, you brought up a great point about, you know, it almost would have been better for Oklahoma to lose, right? I've been in those situations as a player where you – you know, you got to get a gut check, a reality check of we lost early, right? We're not what we were supposed to have been. Okay, what do we do to fix this, right? And when you've already lost that, right? And you play with a little bit more sense of urgency, but it's a, you know, kind of educated one. You know what you have to do. You know that the expectations are down. Now we know what to fix. Now we know where to go. Oklahoma doesn't have that yet. Like you mentioned, Texas does. I'm going Texas. I'm going to go 30, uh, Texas 30, Oklahoma 21. All right, so I'm I'm outnumbered here on the uh, on the on the two to one Texas Longhorn. So we will see. This is a future SEC matchup, by the way, as these two teams are bolting away from the, the, last uh, place the Big Twelve as fast as they can. It'll Should probably be, be East. It'll probably be next year. So we'll see. Hey, you know, Ohio State can come down to the the SEC if they want to and get some. You know, down get, get our 11, 12 wins each year. That'd be fine. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll see. See how that that goes. In basketball, some point in time. Now here we go for our uh, big three. The third set of our big three. The future headline that we have here on this first one, Josh. You got a little bit of uh, Michigan and Nebraska action here. What do you think the headline is going to be after that game? I went a little risque with this one. Michigan struggles versus Nebraska, who has gotten better each week. I mean, look terrible against illinois to start the season everyone's like fire frost and now he is terrible but they've bounced back they've adjusted i think being at nebraska kind of helps them a little bit but we don't know if michigan is a real top 10 team or not so i put michigan struggles but wins but still leaves that question mark are they a true top 10 team or not this season and of course diamond says no no we're not we're in October now, right? September was the month. <laughs> Michigan's back. October is now. Oh, Michigan's struggling, but they'll be fine. Nope. We're in not wake me up now. when September ends. Yeah. And here we go with a with a bet. West Virginia plus three uh, going to, to Baylor. Uh, guys, I really just – if the more I look at it, I think West Virginia should be favored in this game. I, I really do. Uh, Baylor struggled um, with Oklahoma State. Last week, never really got their, their offensive going. And I'll tell you, that West Virginia defense is solid, guys. I really like that the way um, – I mean, they they stepped up earlier this year and beat a West for, uh, beat a Virginia Tech team that we thought they didn't have a, a chance to take care of. I know that they've, they've lost a, a couple games on the year, but I just like overall how Neil Brown's team is playing. So give me West Virginia plus three as Baylor as a, as a lock bet pick this week. And uh, Donovan, uh, the final matchup we have in our big three. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame versus Virginia Tech defense in that environment over in Blacksburg. Again, Notre Dame offensive line struggling. We know what Virginia Tech's defense brings at front seven, and we know that atmosphere that they bring. Would it 
it wouldn't be that surprising to me. In fact, I might add that is one of my favorite bets of Virginia Tech to win that game outright. Mm -hmm. I think it's about a point. I mean, it's point, point and a half. Close. Underdogs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if not even by this point. So Donovan's taking Virginia Tech money line. <laughs> I like it. Like, was it North Carolina? That was a crazy game. Like I said, we were. I was there. That atmosphere far past my expectations. Uh, North Carolina already fell victim to uh, Blacksburg at night. Notre Dame, they're lined up to do the same. Yeah, guys. So, you know, our our last preview that we're going to have here. So we've, we've touched on all our big three, three headlines, three bets, and three matchups of the week that, that are kind of inside matchups, games inside the game, if you will. And now, now we're also on our third preview here. The, uh, the line guys on our final game, Old Miss hosting Arkansas. The line was five points earlier in the week. It's grown to five and a half points in favor of the Rebels at home. Lane Kiffin's bunch and Sam Pittman's squad each got embarrassed last week. Uh, you know, Arkansas in Athens, Georgia, college game day atmosphere. Ole Miss at Alabama with the 3.30 game of the week, the CBS game of the week last week. And uh, both of them got boat raced early, and there was really no no turning things around. So, Josh, uh, what are your first impressions when you, you know, see the Hogs traveling for another early kick over to Oxford? Well, I like this. And to me, it was both coaches got outcoached last week. Lane Kiffin playing like I do on Madden, just going for it every fourth down for whatever reason. And then I end up losing and force quitting in the third quarter. And then Arkansas not being able to adjust that offense. Georgia just not allowing him to do anything. Like Pittman might as well just throw his clipboard in the air second quarter. I'm like, look, guys, nothing we do can get past these guys. So I want to see who bounces back, who gets the adjustments going. And I have to give the edge to Lane Kiffin. I do love Lane. I like his coaching style. Like you said, he's owned up to it. They're like doing popcorn giveaways of the game this week. First 5,000 fans get free yeah. popcorn going into this uh, this game this week. So, Donovan, they're embracing it. But, uh, Donovan, you got two teams that are, you know, I always like to turn to you for running the football and offensive line, man. Uh, so, when it comes to it, you got two teams that like to, to, to run the football, have success doing it. Ole Miss ran it as good as anybody in the SEC last year. They're averaging 243 rushing yards a game this year, 220, 223 rushing yards for Arkansas per game this year. That's even after their paltry 75 against uh, Georgia last week. So pretty impressive Arkansas run game and Ole Miss run game. So uh, what's your opinion on the styles of play of these two teams? I mean, Ole Miss is a really fast-playing team, right? Obviously, just just on the offense and on defense, right? They're just a there's a quick team. It didn't show too much against Alabama last week. Arkansas is more that you know grinds you down, right? We're going to slow and said they they want to be Georgia. I mean, honestly, they, Arkansas this year wanted to be Georgia. The thing with this matchup that I think is interesting is that Arkansas had a lot of hype to them. There was a lot of excitement. You saw again that classic video with the athletic director getting emotional after one of their big wins. The the difference is Arkansas against Georgia, they didn't just lose, right? They got embarrassed, right? Like Georgia, I understand that the Georgia's offense didn't do much, but Georgia just beat them up. I guess we're better than you. We don't need to run crazy blitzes, right? We don't need to run, you know, trick plays. We're, we're just going to beat you up. Ole Miss, yeah, they, they got embarrassed by Bama, right? But it just feels like a Lane Kiffin team is more, you know, able to kind of bounce back and shrug it off, right? Compared to Arkansas where the, you know, the, the the celebration right and the surprise and the excitement of the team that might be out the cat might be out of the bag 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think this is going to come down to which team you know has the kind of has the most most pride uh, bouncing back uh, coming into this most mental toughness. I think oddly enough, even though Sam Pittman you know has this persona of being a really tough guy, I think that the confidence that Lane Kiffin bestows in his team, uh, kind of the swag that Lane Kiffin has, it will will pay off here after after a loss. And you know Matt Corral is wanting to get revenge for the six picks he threw in the say that. <laughs> in the uh, in the in this game last year. So um, I'll kind of go over it. Um, Mississippi uh, is a five and a half point favorite over under sixty six and a half. Uh, I think that it's going to be under that because I do think Arkansas is going to get to run the football a little bit here and grind some of that clock. But I like. Ole Miss to cover and and maybe even pile on a little bit here late. Arkansas's second 11 a.m. kickoff, guys. That's rough on your body, Donovan. You know, 11 a.m. kickoffs and and they've been having to practice in the morning and all that kind of stuff. You know they're beat up after that Georgia game. I'm going to take Ole Miss to win and cover 35-21. I'm going to go Arkansas in this one. I like Arkansas. I think Matt Crowell, he's going to lose sleep. Like you said, those six interceptions last year were terrible. And I think Arkansas's defense is even better this year. We've talked about bumper pull. We've talked about Catalan, how they can get these turnovers. Lane Kiffin's going to want to get back to that offense that he has and throw in that rock around. But Alabama showed, like, you can stop these guys from running the ball on you. And that's what Arkansas loves to do, load up. They can, they can drop guys back, but they can also load up that box and stop you from running. But their pass defense is phenomenal. Georgia only had, like, what, 90 yards of passing last week? Even, I get it, Stetson Bisson, but he's still a great quarterback. They didn't try. <laughs> but still, I, I, I think that goes in their favor. That shows that they're better than they were last year. And I think Arkansas are going to run the ball like Alabama did against Ole Miss. That starts with K.J. Jefferson, a quarterback. They're going to do some different reads, stretch it out, and then he's going to want to use his feet. But you have to get Burks going. He's the best wide receiver in the SEC, and that's hard for me to say being an Alabama fan. He was non-existent last week against Georgia. You have to get him going in this game, and I think you can, but Arkansas has got to get the run game going too. And But I, I just like their defense too much. I think Matt Corral tries to force things. He doesn't want to lose two straight. They got blown out by Alabama. He wants to be the superhero, and he's going to throw three interceptions this week. Oh, well, so Donovan, we're split once again. Uh, tiebreaker time here. Who do you got between Arkansas and Ole Miss? Yeah, I'll start off with uh, Josh. I resent the fact that you said that Stetson Bennett is a good, great quarterback, whichever whichever he's one good. you said. Eh, he's not he's good. <laughs> eh, he's not good. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty confident about this pick. I think Ole Miss is, is going to roll pretty easily in this game, honestly. Not to say nothing against Arkansas, but again, I think that momentum's kind of gone, right? And when you look at Georgia, who just beat him up right on offense and defense, Ole Miss, right? They've got they've got the talent to do it, but they have the creativity to just just to kind of expose what we're is in the back of our heads with Arkansas right now. And so I'm going to go Ole Miss 38. I'm going to go Arkansas 20. I don't really think it's a close game past the second half. But Ole Miss actually thought they were going to beat Alabama. I don't think Arkansas goes in that game like, "Yo, we're going to beat Georgia." They're like, "Eh, "Let's just try to show up." Like Ole Miss, they're depleted now. Yeah, but that, that's the problem with Arkansas is that they should have thought. Like, of all the teams, right, you, you'd think Arkansas, the whole – I mean, the whole whole country was behind them. Right? I mean, like, mm, I was behind reality, Arkansas. Though. Yeah, but <laughs> reality sets in. Here's the thing with Lane Kiffin. He does not mind making fun of himself. So, he probably went into the locker room and said, guys, 
I went for it on my own 27. That one's on me. It's, it's hey, y'all, you're fine. It's okay. Let's move on to the next one. That's that's why I think Ole Miss takes care of business on this one. But, Donovan, I do want to say something. Who's the only quarterback in the FBS right now that had a lead on Alabama at halftime? That would be Mr. Stetson Bennett. He's the only one last year that had a lead on him at, at halftime with, uh, with Alabama. So, I mean, I'm just telling you, <laughs> he's not as bad as as, as you might, might think what he is. final was. 72 <laughs> yards passing last week. <laughs> He did, yeah, on eleven attempts. <laughs> that was that's bad. <laughs> they, they didn't even. They didn't even. They said, "Hey, we're running for seven yards a clip. Why we even gotta uh, throw the football here?" That's so, what Arkansas is gonna say to Ole Miss too. We'll see. We'll see. But guys, uh, that is our show here this week. We hope you enjoy these three great matchups. Make sure to follow us. You see the Twitter account there at CFB Unfiltered on Twitter. Also, make sure to subscribe. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts form as well. And then also the 365 Sports YouTube channel. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications. And guys, we will be back on Monday for some rapid reaction to these games and some more. Give you some headlines uh, that, that, that come across over this weekend. Maybe Ed Orgeron's fired after they lose in Kentucky this weekend, and we'll mm. be able to talk about who the next LSU coach is going to be. So a lot of stuff uh, going on this weekend. Hope you enjoy a packed weekend of college football for Josh Taylor and Donovan White. I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you on Monday on CFB Unfiltered. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.